Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Super Turbo 64, the podcast in which two friends gather, typically at a dining room table, and just shoot the shit about video games for an hour or so. Pew, 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 pew. It's me shooting shit. <laughs> I'm Jeff Ross. This is Jason Vandervoort. How do you do? I do well. <laughs> is that a question or I think a, so, a, yeah. a greeting? I don't it, know. It's a little bit of both. How do you? Do? Know? It's, it's kind. It's a lot like how you been doing. Yeah. You know, it's similar. But yeah, no. As I was just kind of uh, recently stating, we are. This is the first time that we are recording in a new setup. We've recorded at this house before, but... Uh, but not, oh, but yeah, not, like, here in right. this yeah, specific location. I forgot that we recorded some of the, like, the very earliest episodes mm-hmm. over in the living room. Yeah. But, yeah, we are we are currently recording uh, over at Jeff's house. Within, yep. like, within the last month, I have been kind of slowly uh, getting stuff over here. And, like, uh, my girlfriend, Techie, and I are moving in. I think you're all moved in. I we mean, are pretty still much, yeah. Save stuff every once in a while. Yeah, save for some stuff that's you know like at my dad's or her mom's. Like mm-hmm. I'd say, by and large, like the uh, the loft is prepared. Yeah, I that's... like that you call it the loft. It makes it sound a lot fancier than it, it really you, is. It, yeah, exactly. It is. I mean, in reality, it is just the upstairs mm-hmm. of this house. There is no, there is really no loft. Like I don't get to overlook the living room, <laughs> <laughs> but still, the loft sounds nice. So yeah. we've uh, we've opted to call it that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, and since like we're all here now, and also yeah, the rest of the uh, production crew is here. Yeah, we got our uh, sound engineer. You'll hear some bumps and bings, from probably. Johan the cat and our public relations dog Einstein <laughs> yeah. is in the other room taking social a nap. Media manager. <laughs> yeah, our social media manager. <laughs> he's public asleep at the wheel, but <laughs> I mean, when he's up, he does a really good job. Yeah. Yeah, he tweets like mad. He really does. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been nice having you guys here. Yeah, it has been really nice. I've been enjoying this quite a lot. Yeah. So, Jason, what you been playing? So, um, basically, I have been kind of taking a very leisurely pace at uh, going through the Mass Effect trilogy again. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Bioware just released like their legendary edition remaster yeah. of the original mass effect trilogy and so i've been uh just kind of going through that you know when i have a little bit of time here and there it's uh the mass effect games specifically two and three are some of my favorite games of all time i was since i played them on the playstation 3 i didn't have access to mass effect one until a lot later i had already mm-hmm. played through the other games by that point and mass effect one is just a lot worse <laughs> sure it's, For, it's slower i think it has a good story it's got opinion. a great story yeah but you know the a lot of its other elements are just really date it and make mm-hmm. it feel far clunky the combat the the uh like the animation and graphics for it are not mm-hmm. ideal but it's still it's still worth the time to play it yeah so i'm, I'm still currently on mass effect one but uh mm-hmm. but i don't know before too much longer i'm gonna be in like my golden age of Mass Effect, which is Mass Effect Two, mm-hmm. so I'm immensely pumped. And then uh, it's funny; I've also been a little bit here and there. I've also been playing uh, Trails in the Sky again, which, funny enough, is like I think it's the first game that I talked about on this podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, but it's like I had put it down for quite a while. Yeah. And but recently, I was just thinking, man, I need that. I need that JRPG comfort food in my belly. And I remembered that I hadn't finished Trails in the Sky yet. So, you know, kind of digging back into that a little bit. Pretty uh, typical JRPG? Is it like turn-based combat? It's turn-based, yeah. All of the Trails games have a similar style combat. It's got some things that make it uh, slightly different. Mm -hmm. But, you know, all the Trails games have this super cool uh, lore and story world that it's all set in. Which is, I don't know, it's fantastic to experience sure yeah and it's it's been incredibly enjoyable especially since kind of like with mass effect i didn't start at the beginning right so being able to backtrack and kind of maybe gain extra significance into some of the things that i've experienced in other games mm-hmm. has been nice how many the only series i can think of like right off the top of my head that i started in the middle was uh mass effect 2 no 
Mafia 2. Mafia 2. Yeah, right. I did play Mass Effect 1, which was... I, I liked it quite a bit. And then, of course, Mass Effect 2 just, like... Is awesome. Blew it out of the water. Exactly, you know? yeah. You know, you were... Because you had an Xbox, you yeah. were able to play Mass Effect 1 uh, right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, you said you were playing Ma- Mafia backwards, right? I did. Three, I two, played Mafia one. completely backwards. I started with three and went to two and then played the definitive edition of one within this last past year. I've been wanting to play that Mafia one. Y- you can borrow my copy of it. I've got a physical copy, and yeah, it's it's a good time. I I appreciate that. All right. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's a, I feel like I'm taking a favor from the mob by taking a... <laughs> your copy of Mafia. Yeah. Like, what what dark strings are attached? Someday, or this day may never come, <laughs> I may call upon you to let me borrow Super Mario Odyssey. <laughs> Until that day, accept Mafia as a gift. I would be honored to lend you <laughs> Mario Odyssey. My godfather. <laughs> godfather. Godfather. Well, now, how about you? What have you been playing? Um, You know, I've been playing... Well, I took a little trip to Florida. You did? Um, while I was there, I brought my Switch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in between swimming and walking on the boardwalk and stuff like that, um, I, we would chill out in the AC in the in the room, and I would play some Switch. And, nice. Uh, I played a lot of Cuphead. Mm. That's the main game I've been playing lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I also played some uh, Mario Tennis just fun it's i'll get back to cuphead but Mm -hmm. mario tennis like i'm just shocked that people are still playing that game yeah yeah like i'll frequently come downstairs and you'll be playing a little Mm -hmm. bit of mario tennis and it's you know that game's community has just i i don't exactly know how long the game has been out it's been like it oh it's it's like three years now yeah yeah not every game you know, has a community yeah. that lasts around that long. Or if they do, it's very small and you oftentimes have to like almost be in a, a Discord or in a, mm-hmm. um, like some sort of community thing just to say like, hey, this is when we're all going to be online yeah. playing this game. But so far, Mario Tennis still has enough people that you don't have to do anything like that. And I've seen like the same names pop up a few times sometimes. Oh, like, uh, sure. Uh, you know, Jackson just kicked my ass again, that motherfucker. <laughs> but like... Uh, yeah, no, I, the game, I, you know, I hate real life tennis, honestly. Sure. Uh, I, you know, let, everyone can have, enjoy their own games, whatever. When I played tennis, though, I'm like, this is just running, and then I miss, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I like ping pong, you know, no running Ping pong involved. is stationary, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a best of both worlds for tennis. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, man, Something about Mario Tennis Aces is just sick. It's got it's just exceptionally good game feel. Yeah, it does. It's got and like it started out with like fifteen characters. They've doubled the size with free oh, DLC. Shit. You know, that's cool. And uh, it's every character is like slightly different in terms of like how you know technical or speedy and defensive and stuff mm-hmm. like that they are. And um, I'm a chain chomp man. You know. Nice. It's all about rocking the power shots. Indeed. He, uh, I, you know, it's it's too bad that I was really into that game before we started the podcast. I could have done like 20 minutes on Mario Tennis. I, uh, <laughs> and everyone would have loved it. It would have I'm been sure, amazing. yeah. <laughs> Just what everybody I, is tuning you know, in to hear. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm fighting the urge to go find my uh, Mario Tennis tier list that I wrote down back in the day and like <laughs> I had notes on characters like, nice mm. uh, yeah it's uh, if you t- do we should send out a picture of it okay yep, yeah we'll put our social media manager on it when he's done with <laughs> <Yeah>. his nap <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I back to a, Cuphead yeah no Cuphead is a uh, it's a fantastic game. Something yeah. that I, you know, it's a unique little indie game that uh, really hit the big time again, like two years ago. Yeah. Uh, it's just like um, this kind of. Maybe it was also like three years ago, actually. Mm-hmm. But um, it's 
you know, it's hand animation of 1930s style rubber hose cartoon. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. And you combine that with this Contra-esque gunplay mm-hmm. sort of gameplay. And uh, you, what you do is you kind of have these big old boss fights, you know. Um, there's a few missions where you're like running and gunning mm-hmm. and going through normal uh like uh, platforming areas mm-hmm. with uh, your big old pea shooter, but mm-hmm. it's uh yeah, I didn't know that the game was predominantly boss fights. Yeah, you know, I had this kind of misconception in just kind of the fleeting things that I had seen about mm-hmm. it in trailers or something. You know, I thought it to be, you know, kind of yeah. like you were saying with Contra. I thought it to be, you know, a side-scrolling yeah. platformer, uh, right. like shoot 'em up. You Which do it level is level boss, level boss, you know, exactly. That sort of thing. But it's really just like you're uh, you're sent on a mission from Satan to uh, capture or the souls owed souls owed to him, mm-hmm. the souls. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, uh, I, I've got like I'm on the final island. Mm-hmm. Well, I think so. The world island three, and I have a. Uh, one regular boss and then like the final two bosses left cool, as cool. far as I'm aware but sure um that game has really gotten me thinking about not difficulty once again because it is a very difficult it is yeah it's game, definitely know? one of the big selling points for it yeah it's sort of like what happens if we make a super hard indie game and also give it one of the best like visual designs ever for an yeah. indie game. And it's super unique too. Yeah. I've I don't think I personally haven't encountered a game mm-hmm. that uses Cuphead's animation style. That's because it's so hard and so like just how long it takes to do hand drawing. You yeah. Know, right? Yeah, really one of the only other games that I know that does like did that all uh hand drawn animation for everything would be Skullgirls. Sure, uh, the yeah. tag fighter. Yeah. Like yeah. that's all hand drawn. Yeah, like it's taken like a six months or more to like develop a single character because like all their frames have yeah. to be like animated. Especially when the animation is as fluid yeah. uh, as it is. But no, it's I, Cuphead yeah. is a beautiful game to watch absolutely uh it's i remember hearing stories about how like the uh the team mdhr or something like that mm-hmm. has, they uh they really like gambled their livelihood on this concept that sure they could uh try and make this new unique game and it really paid off for them yeah so but uh, the animation that's kind of our topic for today's mm-hmm. episode oh here we come sound engineer has something to say <laughs> i've got something to say too <laughs> oh no um, he was about to probably uh shift our mics yeah, in a different yeah, way or yeah. maybe double check my notes <laughs> and uh i responded with a squirt bottle <laughs> it's yeah he we're busy buddy indeed you know, you got to stay in your lane. We'll contact you when we go on our smoke break. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but like you were saying, uh, you're, and, you've yeah. been thinking a lot about animation in games recently. That's right. Like, I really wonder, for Cuphead especially, like, how would that game be, uh, like, how popular would it have been if it had, say, like a Smash Bros. style animation or something like sure. that? Like a, or pixel art. Yeah, you know? right. That's the thing with most most indie games that I've encountered, at least, use pixel art. A lot of them do, and it's sort of shifting now. Yeah. I think with the rise of uh, Unity and mm-hmm. like just being able to use pre-made assets and models and stuff like that and just being able to make these uh, kind of 3D worlds without mm-hmm. as you know the pixel art can really be like that started out as like the easiest way to animate exactly you know? yeah it was the way for people who might not have had a uh, a background in animation gave them the tools so that they were mm-hmm. able to animate it and like the thing with pixel art specifically mm-hmm. is that it's kind of the it's like the visual medium 
that you just antiquate with video games just right out of the bat. Because you don't really ever see other things using pixel art, you know? That's true. Um, oh, God, sorry. The cat is playing with the blinds now. Come on, buddy. I'm going to put you on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you take a seat? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, pixel art, it's the thing, yeah, you... Especially because, like, a lot of indie games, you know, they've got this thing where they have not necessarily a background in classic games, mm-hmm. but a lot of indies have this thing where they're being a tribute yeah. to say games that they loved and mm-hmm. it's of that perfect time frame where it's like pixel art was the way that these games were yeah um like visualized and so it made the most sense to use pixel art to you know kind of create these like uh love letters or something yeah to them and i mean obviously it goes without saying like with uh like the nes and atari and stuff like that you had uh, an era where the pixel art was like a like a necessary part exactly. of the animation and like the, yeah. the least pixelated games the less pixelated you got once you jump from like to the double bit rate of uh snes for example mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh you like people are like wow it's so smooth looking the pixels you can hardly notice them you know <laughs> but, right though um, when you, someone looks at it now it's just like well no i, I see them yeah they are everywhere <laughs> the uh like, but with that restriction of pixel art comes this, uh, this, it's almost like a, it reminds me of poetry in, he nerded, uh, in the sense that, he mused, yeah. he mused nerdily. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Video games and poetry, my favorite topics of discussion. Uh, Sorry to derail that train of thought. The Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. How can I compare thee to a summer's day? <laughs> uh, no. What I... You know, restrictions of any kind, when applied to a creative endeavor, again, mm-hmm. musing nerdily, he, it, uh, you cr- come up with creative solutions. Right. And... Sometimes necessity creates something, you know, more beautiful than, uh, you know, the freedom of boundaryless. Right. They're making creation. you kind of think outside the box. Exactly. I know, like, uh, that was one thing that uh, Jack White, the kind of the main yeah. creative force behind the White Stripes, you know, he mm-hmm. had all of these restrictions in place for himself and for Meg, you know, mm-hmm. while they were performing as the White Stripes. And because yeah. of those restrictions, they were able to really kind of create something that was super unique to them absolutely they definitely had their own sound and exactly. they made a huge splash in that right. uh 90s and 2000 well mm-hmm. early 2000s yeah right like uh um yeah just uh but so now we're coming into we have this era where these creators of video games can kind of choose their own direction rather mm-hmm. than being forced to uh you know pick one of the or being forced to pick pixelated or you know whatever like other, low other polygonal styles. yeah yeah um, sort of res sort of okay he i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> but uh i'm like it's funny to me like i'm playing a lot of call of duty still and i'm playing like isaac you got something, you know, that's like a somewhat higher bit rate than it's like Isaac is pixelated, but it's uh, certainly got more colors and a smaller pixel right. size than like a SNES game, you know? Yeah. Um, but then you got like Call of Duty where they're like if <laughs> Tyler and I were like laughing because we spotted that they had reused an asset of these two birch trees and like, you know. 50 feet apart or something like that like oh hey it's the same birch trees you know sure just like what we're getting at is that like with call of duty 
um, anything that's slightly less than maximum realistic is like noticeable. Yeah, you know? exactly. It catches your attention, uh, especially when Minotaur's head goes missing, for example. <laughs> uh, millions of dollars in that game, by the way. But uh, no, like uh, I've been playing a lot of COD with my friend Tyler, and then when uh, just every once in a while, his character's head will be gone. And we'll be playing, and I just point it out every time, and it's a good time. Uh, or we'll load into a level, and we'll have like a different character altogether loaded in. Sure. And then once we land, we we switch back to Igor and Minotaur, or basically our players of choice. Well, you could say that. I was going to say they're more like a like a spirit animal. Oh, ah, you know? there you like go. I I'm a Igor in my soul. Mm. Um. So that means I wear. A windbreaker and look like Vladimir Putin. Um, wow, that's uncanny. Yeah. <laughs> you ever wear windbreakers growing up? Were you alive in the 1990s? Yeah, very much so. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I was. I'm sure I... Windbreakers are like those jackets that have that super... It's a very thin layer thin... of nylon kind of or plastic... What is it? I don't know materials. Right. I don't know anything. <laughs> oh my! What am I doing? I don't know anything. <laughs> I am oh. so unqualified for all of uh, this. Oh man, not a good time to have a breakdown. Right. Um, no, I. But like, I feel like I probably like, have. Yeah. yeah. Like an Adidas. Yeah, jacket yeah. With the like the athletic style. Right. Like, nylon. Yes. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Probably tried one at once, and like mm-hmm. maybe the cool kids will like me. It's. <laughs> Well, when you uh, when oh the you arm walk, swish yeah whoosh, 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 whoosh. yep okay if you wear windbreaker pants yep I definitely re- I remember uh, the pants I think mm-hmm. I did definitely have some windbreaker pants yeah. I remember a certain degree of swishing <laughs> from my elementary school days um there goes Johan there he's off off to his uh, next uh, adventure whatever that may be but um. Yeah, no, when I was, like, you're kind of bringing the whole thing up with the uh, uh, animation and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying with the Mass Effect trilogy, you know, whereas Mass Effect 2 and 3 mm-hmm. needed the very little work in yeah. kind of bringing them up to something that, you know, still looked good on, like, current-gen consoles, Mass Effect 1 needed work. Because even at the time of its release, which would have been kind of... I think it was... It might have been a launch title. Exactly. Yeah, it was early on on the 360's life cycle. And so it does not look uh, great. You know? Right. So it, it's definitely had some visual tweaks uh, mm-hmm. to prepare it for its newest release. But it, even still, yeah, it's still... Eh. I remember just, like, looking at... Uh a developer video about like minor changes they made to mm-hmm. uh, the Mass Effect 1 and yeah. like there's the example that I remember clearly was them they took out a wall in that one laboratory style uh, area mm-hmm. like because you have like this you know balcony walkway sort of thing um, that you get off the elevator and you know, in any real building, you wouldn't put a pointless wall halfway along this walkway, but they had to put the wall up in the original game because it would, uh, the building or the room was so big that they couldn't load it all in oh, at the one okay. time. So gotcha. Instead, you know, it's like a workaround that uh, they put the wall up to uh, hide the loading, you know? Right. Which, yeah, definitely makes sense. And then, um,. But then in, like, Trails of the Sky, you know, the developer, um, uh, Nihon Falcom, of the, that series, you know, they, they've they always been, they've been a smaller studio. You know, they, even though they're a very long-standing and storied uh, studio over in Japan, you know, they just, they're not as, they don't have as much name appeal as, like, Square Enix or uh, Atlas or, or like, or Sega, like Mm -hmm. they just, it's just not as much there, you know? And so they frequently have always worked with like less budget, sure, you know? And oftentimes in games, your animation and your budget kind of go hand in hand. Right. 
so Trails in the Sky, even like it's an older game. I, I mm-hmm. don't remember the exact release date off of the top of my head, but it came out on the uh, PlayStation Vita. Okay. And it looks like it kind of looks like a very good PlayStation One game. Yeah. You know, it's to me, it's it's graphic style reminds me a lot of. Um, the old Harvest Moon games. Mm-hmm. So when I first started playing it and I look at that visual style, mm-hmm. I just I'm just flooded with all of these feelings of, you know, that that specific area era mm-hmm. in and in gaming animation. Yeah. Which I that nostalgia just like boom pulled me right in and I was just feeling so um good about it. And even, you know, in the more uh recent games uh mm-hmm. from Nihon Falcom, you know, they're only kind of just now starting to get bigger budgets so that they can, you know, put a little bit more sure. into that animation department. But it's never been a big yeah. part of mm-hmm. them. But one of the things that, like I was saying with Harvest Moon and uh, Trails in the Sky, is kind of like what we were saying earlier with the pixel art and whatnot. Yeah. The because games have tended to kind of like one console generation would have a visual style that looked, you know, very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got ones like when you go into say the N64 and PlayStation one era Mm -hmm. and then onward and onward. So it's a almost kind of like a little uh, snapshot into what games were back then. That's right. It's funny because uh, a few months ago, I played the first part of the remaster kind of series that they're doing for Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. And that, of course, just from start to finish, looks absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, the game, I think, is close to 100 gigs. So oh, there's sure. there's a lot going on. So yeah. you, you take, like, say, what's a 30-hour game mm-hmm. that's, you know over 100 gigs compare that to some of the other games that i've played which maybe you've got 50 60 70 hours of gameplay for Mm -hmm. 10 or 15 gigs yeah you can see that there's just so much extra stuff piled on there but after i finished the first part of remake i was thinking you know what i've never fully played final fantasy 7 you know and i kind of want to i still do but i and so i got uh final fantasy 7 the original uh on my switch but Mm -hmm. you know I remember what it looks like, <laughs> and, and uh, it's and kind of in contra in addition to like how it plays, it's a yeah. fantastic story experience. But it's super clunky, and yeah. the graphics of that specific era mm-hmm. have aged pretty badly. You think the low polygonal stuff is kind of gross now? Yeah, whereas like mm-hmm. pixel art has this kind of thing that can still look nice and appealing yeah. to the eye. It's funny then because like Final Fantasy VI is sort of like a more attractive looking game. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm turned on to then uh, say like Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Um, and but I think that like there will be we'll see some games coming out before you know it. Of uh, I mean this is just a wild guess, but like. We might see like polygonal, low polygonal choice games, uh, in the sense that like we'll have something that looks more like Donkey Kong sixty four in like a third person yeah platformer or something. Like yeah, that. I would I would agree with that. I think there's definitely going to be studios that you know want to kind of elicit that same reaction that that yeah. has been done with those pixel art games. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like most Metroidvanias that I've played. Yeah. Like indie ones especially, you know, have a graphic style that, you know, is meant to look like, say, either classic Castlevania or Metroid. Sure. You know? And um, so, like, these games are trying to look like they came out 30, 20, Exactly, yeah. So ago. it wouldn't yeah. be surprising, especially because, like, we're now reaching that time, or we probably already have, where, like, these people who are making their own indie studios and starting to develop their first games, like their mm-hmm. first console might be a PlayStation yeah. one or, you know, oh, an N64. So like the way that they kind of view their classic games 
is going to look like that. Yeah, I think we're in that era, you know. Definitely um, getting at it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, I mean, I'm trying to decide what, uh, who Doth Slain King Macbeth will, what graphic style to go with. I mean, I suppose I gotta go with 8-bit, you know, but like a, a late game NES, you know. Sure. Kind of, just to honor who framed Roger Rabbit. There you go. Um, but, no, I, uh, it's, you know, with these like you know i'm I'm comparing the final fantasy 7 remake to like call of duty warzone in my head and like one is definitely like final fantasy it's always gonna have like a stylistic sort of yeah visual approach yeah for sure um and like i've seen screenshots of characters and uh gameplay from that game and mm-hmm. it's like you uh you know it still looks like anime <laughs> yes correct um, oh. <laughs> but like uh you have some games that go for like a photorealistic like it seems that that there will always be like games that try to shoot for the most realistic graphics sure. that they can depending yeah. on the game and the story that you want to tell with your game yeah. that makes the most sense right like i've been playing some returnal um you know oh yeah yeah and uh for you know it's it's kind of cool because, you know, it's got dark environments and you have this realistic sort of visual style. But the attacks and from enemies are definitely designed to be as visually clear as possible. Sure. You have giant blue orbs flying slowly at you for you to dodge through. Yeah, right, right. Uh, it's kind of like... Uh, you have, like, when I've been playing Mario Tennis, I'm thinking about the animation. Like, they, it's a little more cartoony and stylistic, for sure. Right. Or a lot as, more. As most, like, first-party Nintendo games yeah. tend to be. Right. Um, but it sort of had the same kind of animation trick of, like, color-coding the attacks, whether they be tennis uh, volleys or, mm-hmm. um, you know, deadly Gorgon strikes from Returnal's uh tentacly friends um <laughs> yeah the uh i think the animation i mean it's i always hesitate to say something that i think will be like too obvious which is but and but it's like you know the animation obviously has uh like a practical purpose as well as the yeah like emotional purpose. well yeah no doubt uh like so when we're but what i'm getting at is that uh with something like returnal or like isaac like two roguelite bullet hell games you mm-hmm. know vastly different in terms of visual style but they share like the glowing orbs attacks you know (laughs) in isaac everything is color-coded if if it's like a psychic shot it's purple if it's like Mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. uh that's it (laughs) no but like uh you know your own tears are start with like a faint blue color but then like as you get more powerful they'll often turn red sure or like uh you know every uh item that like affects your tier attack style will have like a different tier shape yeah. and it's like it's a nice visual language that yeah. you know you you can kind of see it without mm-hmm. it having to be explained to you uh through text or through something else right and i think that's an interesting little uh challenge in design space that yeah um designers get to make choices in with the like how clear and how realistic or stylistic they want to go with these uh, right. different things. Um, I wanted to talk about a game with the worst graphics I've played in many years, and yet it's a game that I put about 30, 50 hours in or something like that. 3,050 hours. No. Um, what I'm talking about is Luck Be a Landlord. <laughs> that uh, game, have you seen that I thought game you were. I thought you were... Do- Oh shit! I forgot the name of the game. I thought you were gonna me- reference um, getting over it. Oh, you know that's funny. I mean it, that that definitely made a. I'll talk about that quick. It just like it made a a choice to use 
assets that they yes. found online. Yes. And um, like to, he used like generic, like player character number one in Unity or something like that. Right. I remember hearing, like, I you know it's been a while now, but like details from uh, the creator just talking about uh, like I you know deliberately choosing a generic choice to sort of make a an homage to the B games, you know. And yeah. Right. Like hidden section of internet games that right. would use strictly yeah i've talked about it on the that's the thing it's before. like it's funny because by making that like conscious choice to do it that way mm-hmm. like even even using assets that anyone could use yeah by doing that he's made a game that looks like its own thing exactly yeah, yeah which is just wild that he's able to do that just basically out of mm-hmm. patchwork parts yeah and again he makes the point that like uh, something free intrinsically has, uh, you know, in terms of designing programs and mm-hmm. video games, especially, like free assets are basically trash. Like they, people create them and they create just masses and tons of these assets, mm-hmm. and people will pick them like. Oh, I don't. I need a couch for this room, but I don't really want to spend the time. It's so. It's such a small section of time that they'll be in this room. I guess I'll just buy the ten cent couch on sure. the website. But like, uh, it's sort of like it's from what I understand. It's just a mass game, like a numbers game, you yeah, know, yeah. where they uh, try to make as many assets as they can in order for. So he's made a mountain of trash, you know. Right. And it's, uh, yeah, it's funny that it ended up making, like, the, such a huge impact. Right. And, but, uh, luck be a landlord. Right. Yep, sorry to derail no, that slightly. No, not at all. Uh, it's like, that's, if I were, if somebody pointed a gun at my head, um, that's the kind of game that I would ha- make. Uh, I can't make a video game. I don't know how, but uh, if I were going to be shot, I would make a game that looks like Luck Be a Landlord <laughs> because it has massive pixels and it is a one-man development team and he has made just a gross-looking... <laughs> you got this like burnt orange background, Charming. white slot machines, and then like pixels where you're like, that's a dog, right? Yeah, that's a dog. Um and it's just like, I mean, I think it's fun. And he, like, they're cute pixels, uh, or pixelated sprites. That's the word, sprites that I'm looking Um, You know, like, you got a bubble. It's just like, you know, black outline, little white circle on the inside, and then, like, a blue color on the. Sure, yeah, you know, yeah. Stuff that you would. He mustn't make or take more than, like, five minutes per sprite it seems sure um i it's just like and yet you know you can i don't know it's it makes me think of like a you know an elementary student's uh doodles yeah um and yet it like if you made a video game out of those doodles, it would be unique, and it does exactly. have a unique look. To right, it. that's the thing. Yeah. yeah, by by doing just kind of like with um, getting over it. Yeah, that animation is very unique to Luck Be a Landlord, and mm-hmm. you know, there comes that point where also because there are so many games out. Yeah, and again in the indie space. Since so many of them will be using, you know, we'll mm-hmm. say again, pixel art, yeah. you know, if you have found a way to make your game look different mm-hmm. than the other ones, right. you have already kind of put yourself in a good position because pretty much any game, mm-hmm. your any potential buyer or player of your game, your first impression to them is the animation. Yeah. You know? That's right. So, like... Um, for just an example, I'll I'll use a I'll use a game that uh, you and I just started playing this morning. Yeah, it's uh... we like um, 
well, actually, last night at the time of our recording this, um, Guilty Gear Strive just came out. And for mm -hmm. those who may not be necessarily familiar, Guilty Gear is like kind of this long-running uh, fighting game series that, you know, has always kind of been a bit of a cult hit. Hasn't really hasn't ever been able to kind of escape the shadow of things like uh, Street Fighter or like Tekken or Mortal Kombat. But like, it's has. It's it's bigger. It's biggest than it's ever been. Yep. Yeah, and like we got to when we when we saw the trailer mm -hmm. for the new Guilty Gear, like we were all just simply blown away by it. Right. It is it is probably without a doubt the most beautiful looking fighting game I have ever seen. Right. You know, it, mean... they use kind of a really high definition. Uh, what looks to be kind of hand drawn. It, yeah, it's kind of in between. I watched a video on how Guilty Gear animates, oh, yeah. and it's like it looks somewhat drawn, but also mm -hmm. somewhat not. It, but it's immensely uh, eye catching, and all of the characters have super unique visual designs that you can mm -hmm. just spot, and it just makes sense. And it, it's just yeah. like the from the moment of that first trailer. You know, mm -hmm. the, I mean, the vid, uh, the sound design had a part of it too, but like right. the visuals that we were seeing, it just showcased and put this idea in our minds that it was just like, this game is going to be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And that has, I mean, that's like when you, that's a, a tactic or a design choice that, of course, you know, for the most part, really doesn't become available unless you have a studio that has money. Right. <laughs> you know? So it's very similar. Like, say, the first times that maybe we saw trailers for, um, I'm thinking, like, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 or Uncharted 4, Last of Us 2. Yeah. You know, by seeing the trailers for these games and the visuals that, you know, by, by seeing them, it's like... They're almost kind of like the visuals that are being promised to us that we are going to be able to see in, in these games. Mm -hmm. And they give this impression of like, holy shit, this is going to be so good. Yeah. Like, just, you know, Guilty Gear Strive has this anime sort of aesthetic as well as uh, like this 2.5D, 3D yeah. kind of background. But what, I, what you don't see in the old kind of anime Guilty Gear games and, like, basically any anime fighter that's come before Strive is this kind of sense of dimension, like mm -hmm. this 3D sort of, like, these characters, while they look like this, the they still exist in a 3D space, yeah. and it makes it feel like a more, I don't know, realistic... It has, like, some tangibility of, to it. Absolutely, and... The lighting in the game is incredible. Like, depending on what level you're on, uh, your character is going to look just pretty different. Uh, you know, I keep thinking of the, the Holy Order stage, like Kai Kisk's stage. Like, just the sun is so bright, and yet there's, like, a some kind of terrace overhead or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you get this, like, this filtered light that, you know, just looks beautiful for mm -hmm. these characters. And... Um, but it also has um, very it has like a UI as well as like visual uh, cues mm -hmm. that are super cool and better than ever before for fighting game players and anybody who's playing that is now a fighting game player. Right. So what I'm getting at is that like the uh, like the counter. Or not counter, but the combo counter. Yeah, um, is enormous in this game, and it's so enormous that some players complained about it. Yeah, um, I definitely thought it was a little obtrusive in earlier versions. Sure. I think they tweaked it a little bit. Uh, you know, you might have gotten used to it a little bit too. That's, right? that's also possible. Um, it's just like this. Uh, but you'll. Ne I never used to pay attention to counter or combo counters until like right. maybe I'm like. Oh crap! I just did like a seven hit combo, didn't I? I'm like, right. Then I look, but like when I'm doing a combo in Guilty Gear Strive, I'm like, yes, two, three, four, let's go. You know. Yeah, right. I, uh, you get like that. 
that little bit of blast of dopamine as Absolutely. it's going. It's just like, yep, it's hitting. This is still a combo. I don't <laughs> yeah. know how I'm doing it, but this is still a combo. <laughs> it's day one, te- you know. It is, yeah. We're, uh, <laughs> we both played the uh, betas, yeah. you know, before mm-hmm. the game, but I still would not say that we... Uh, and <laughs> uh, we're masters by any means. Yeah, yeah. it's going to take a lot of practice. But thankfully, there seems to be enough people around us that are interested in the oh, game that, you know, yeah, we're going to be able I'm, to get a lot of good time out of if it. If it's not obvious to the listener, I'm extremely pumped this game is out. Exactly, yeah, same um, here. It's like, uh, not only is it like an. Guilt or Dragon Ball Fighters ended up being like one of my top five games of all time. Yeah, and I right. think this is the game to unseat it. You know, really, like it's Holy gonna shit. be like it's certainly gonna be my main fighting game for, for the foreseeable a while. future. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, uh, I can't see anything coming out that's gonna yeah um, yeah unseat it. Like it's, I thought Fighters had just incredible animation as well, which it do. And <laughs> it the cool thing about Fighters is it like it's got a. Uh, a style that really matches both the television show and the an- or the manga, you know, yeah. like it just looks like you're playing those things exactly. Like, like, and especially some of the special moves that you do exactly. look like shot for shot yeah. removed from like the anime or the manga. And so, for so many people, when they have been playing it, it's just mm-hmm. like I am playing Dragon Ball. That's you right. know, like yeah, it's this like, is finally a Dragon Ball game. Exactly, <laughs> you know even I mean? though there's been countless. Yeah. This one has uh-huh. just like created that feeling of being in Dragon Ball yeah. just perfectly, really. Um, you know, and it's got the same sort of 2.5D thing yeah. that we were just talking about. But like, I, it blew my mind when I saw Goku reflect a key blast and it just traveled seamlessly into the, the background, background and broke the roof of the uh, World uh, Martial Arts Tournament yeah. building. It's super like, cool. Yeah, it's like, oh, th- this is actually, like, what? <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so to see, like, so that's just the animation aspect of right. Guilty Gear Strive. And it's, this game looks better than Fighters, and I thought Fighters was beautiful to, yeah. like, 10 out of 10 animation. Right, right. And, uh, but it's also the same developer in term. Uh, so I know that the fighting is going to evolve and feel really good throughout the whole time. as time yeah as you continue mm-hmm. to learn and grow yeah. with the game right i just i have i have a very good feeling about how strive is going to be yeah i do the... too it's going to be a lot of fun you can probably expect expect us to talk about yeah. this game a little bit more going in the future but like um, you know this is, is going to transition i think fairly seamlessly into this other topic that i would definitely wanted to dig into in this episode and it's like you know whereas games like we were just saying with dragon ball fighters and strive that mm-hmm. you know at the time of their release you know look beautiful and because of the animation style that they've chosen will probably continue to look good for forever for a long yeah. time right. yeah not every game gets to do that i mean even yeah. like previous guilty gears still look really good when you look yeah. at them yeah you know but like to use another fighting game as an example, mm-hmm. like, you know, Mortal Kombat 11 mm-hmm. looks beautiful, you yeah. know, and they're like the developer of Mortal Kombat uh, NetherRealm tends to kind of follow the same kind of design principle as, say, a lot of other big studios, mm-hmm. you know, like, say, the ones who make uh, Call of Duty or, you know, yeah. uh, Last of Us, Red Dead. It's just like we want to use the best of what is here right now, you know, and go for as like what looks to be the most realistic. Mm -hmm. And, but the downside of that is that is constantly changing. And so, you know, while Mortal Kombat 11 looks beautiful right now, Mm -hmm. it's by the time Mortal Kombat 12 comes out, Mm-hmm. It's gonna look gross. You think so? I think so. Well, I think I, Mortal Kombat X looks gross. I think yeah. Oh, I think Mortal Kombat X looks hideous. Really? Oh yeah. Like when I go back and play, like because when I was mm-hmm. getting ready to four eleven, I played, a, went back and played a little bit of X. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I it definitely just looks think. Bad. Yeah, and I mean, and Mortal Kombat nine as a result, also like, that one definitely has not aged as well exactly. as X, which is newer, obviously. Right. But, like, you look at the female characters in MK9 especially, it's just like, ugh. It's, yeah. 
And just I'm not very, saying that as like a creep. It's just that it's because they look so sexualized. Exactly. Gr- like very gross over-sexualization. Yeah. And like just the characters, they, they're they like mannequins, you know? Yes. I remember like specifically when I was looking at some of the character designs, like the character model for Sonya Blade yes. looks like basically like the, what the costume would be if someone made a porn ripoff of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Like, that is not a military uniform. No. Like, people are not going, like, yeah. people aren't hunting terrorists looking like that. Yeah. Uh, Lieutenant Blade, you forgot your shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Lieutenant, that is not regulation. <laughs> yeah. How did you even get combat boots with heels like that? Like, it just... and, and she's like, let me show you, you know, what this outfit can do. And, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really, really gross. But then, like, so then other studios. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Rockstar now. Okay. So like, Grand Theft Auto Five, you know, at its release, looks really good, and it's yeah. you know had some visual updates as that they've been mm-hmm. you know porting it and updating it fifty or so times yeah. so they can keep milking the online service. <laughs> but Grand Theft Auto Four, yeah, looks gross. Yeah, you know, I think both five like. The GTA series has always had a touch of stylism to it. Stylism. A little bit, yeah, yeah. It like the pastel, almost uh, not that. That's the wrong word. It's just like this sort of like color choice, like this weird brightness to it in yeah. GTA Five, for example. And like, you uh, like you see in loading screens of like G- all the GTA games, you get like these. Almost, uh, like, uh, well, they're cartoon images of the video, like, the universe that Yeah, right. In. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it seems to me that they're trying to, like, bring those to life a little bit. And not, like, it's not, like, a cartoon game or anything, like, by that any means. But it's just, like, they, uh, it's, a, I don't know. It's just like subtle a, stylization. A, exactly. It's, like, a tilted sort of view at... Uh, life like uh, which is know. grand theft auto just exactly. in general everything exactly. about grand theft auto is just kind of that little like tweak it twisted yeah. a version of reality yeah exactly but yeah that's like to me that's always kind of been the downside of making your game look as good as it can you know going as close as you can to photorealism real, yeah right. because that is like it's evolving at exactly as as technology continues to develop Mm-hmm. You know, your game will quickly descend into that uncanny valley, yeah. you know, sort of thing very quickly. And I mean, that's that's not just, you know, video game animation, like yeah. special effects in movies. I mean, mm-hmm. you just think you can even look at, say, how the visuals look in, say, the first Iron Man versus sure. uh, Avengers Endgame. Right. Like, I mean, there's there's no comparison. Like, it just the game. These movies continue to just look better and better and better. Yeah. And Early also, CGI, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and always going back to kind of the money thing, if you are not one of these really, really big studios, mm-hmm. but you still are going to try to make your game look realistic, like there's going to mm-hmm. be these like kind of weird compromises. Sure. And it's just, and that's going to, I feel like few things date your game more than the animation. Right. Uh. You know, there's always gameplay hiccups that, like, yeah. I can't believe I still have to do this in this game. Right. But, like, uh, no, I it's it's odd to, like, there is, when you go, you look at, like, Alien or, uh, you know, any, like, late 80s movie that still used, like, real. Oh, practical uh, effects. Practical effects. Yeah, yeah. Like those age so much better. Everybody says no doubt. Yeah. Like, than early CGI. You think about like the first or the episodes one through three of Star Wars. They got, they had like terrible CGI be, by our standards now. Yes. That's so bad that they got redone in like uh, the nineties several years ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, I remember the special editions when I was a kid. Like, yeah. Episodes four through six got remade as well, but yeah. like even. I just think of like you know episodes one through three like Yoda got changed out altogether, and then like they 
they put like a CGI Yoda in instead of the practical Yoda. Yeah, to match like the right episode one had practical Yoda. That's right. And then two and three had CGI Yoda, especially because mm-hmm. CGI Yoda was having lightsaber battles. That's right. You couldn't have done that <laughs> with uh, a practical one. Oh, well, you could have. <laughs> that would have been amazing. It, it would have. Yeah, that would, that would have been a feat of puppetry that could not be <laughs> could not be <laughs> topped for as long as people live. I'm just picturing like some guy in all black. Well, it would be green screened out in realism, but yep. like, what if they just did like a placed acting sort of like stage play sort of style where they got like a guy in all black like flipping this puppet around? <laughs> just, like, I don't know. I could just picture like the little string on Yoda's arm as he's like holding the lightsaber against Dooku's lightsaber. Yeah, right. I don't know. Um, but. Uh, the other thing with practical effects in movies is because then your actor actually has something to act with. That's true. You know? Instead of like, look at the tennis ball and tell it your feelings, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right, right. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, that's, like, the technology, like we were saying, is still uh, continuing to grow. And it's, you know, I think we're still going to continue to see, especially because we're just now starting the next console generation. But yeah. it's going to just keep looking better and better which Mm -hmm. for me the downside of that is going to be it's going to create that much more of kind of a uh schism between like lower budget and higher budget because as that technology continues to develop you know your your studio is just going to have to keep being bigger and bigger so that you can make a game that will fully utilize that's right all of the potential Um, that that console will give you development cycles are going to start being longer and longer right uh, I mean, yeah, you just his face right into the mic. And <laughs> say something. But now, yeah, like, I mean, just you know, you can kind of look about, uh, you know, the famously long and now pretty widely known turmoil of developing cyberpunk. You know, like that has just made this, you know, all the more difficult. And you know, with uh, and Rockstar with the development of uh, Red Dead Two, very similar. You know, like that took a mm-hmm. long time to develop, but. You know, I think that's like we were kind of going in earlier. I feel like you're onto something in where the indie scene is probably going to continue to develop in the fact that we're going to start seeing more and more games that are going to be using uh, visual styles that, you know, we've seen before, maybe around that right. N64, Saturn, PlayStation, mm-hmm. like that. That'd I don't know cool. what console generation yeah. that would be called. Oh, yeah. It's like second. No, that wouldn't be second. It'd be like third or fourth, wouldn't it? I think, uh, well, I think NES was third or fourth. Oh, was it? Uh, okay. So we're, we're a little bit down the line. Right. But still, um, you know, whatever yeah. generation it was, I think now we're going to be seeing more and more games that will probably be mm-hmm. uh, using that. So... And it's like, it's funny, like, I like what you were saying earlier, you know, if you, if you had the opportunity, uh, for what kind of visual style you would do, who slain King Macbeth, you know, I, I definitely feel, you know, if I, if I ever get around to learning how to develop the game Mm -hmm. that's in my head, you know, I'd probably want to have it look, um, I would probably look like go MK9. <laughs> yes. Absolutely like MK9. No, I'd probably want it to look I would say kind of like uh how Harvest Moon Back to Nature or Trails sure. in the Sky looked. There's a certain something about that yeah. visual that I just I really like. I antiquate it with some of my favorite gaming experiences. Okay. And so that's something that I'd like to showcase and for people who would maybe be seeing like a trailer for it mm-hmm. if they had a similar like gaming yeah. background that i did they would have that thing that first impression would be this is the kind of game that i'm looking for it's that visual style to me they have been uh they drew on that for octopath traveler am i yeah wrong? yeah absolutely yeah. um and then the new like the same project by Square Enix or the next project in that vein is like Triangle Strategy, I think they yes. called it. It's yeah, their... that's like the code name for yeah, it right, right now. Which and that looks to me that looks just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. You know? And there's a couple of other studios that work with uh, Square Enix 
uh, I think they're called like RPG Factory or something okay. like that. And they had they've had two games um, of that style. I think it's Lost Sphere and I Am Setsuna. Okay. And they also kind of have that that style. Okay. You know, and so it feels like an early RPG, you know, PS1 era RPG. And yeah. when I see the trailers for that, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my yeah, gosh. Sure. But that's um, just that's that's just the kind of stuff that I gravitate to when I see it. So here's I mean simple questions for you that yes. take some thought anyway. Uh, I say that not to insult us, but rather to fill time with my <laughs> words as I keep talking. Simple question for you. All right. What is the best looking realistic game, visual style, and the best looking stylistic style for you? And I'll I'll go first. All right. Yeah. I if you've got them. Thinking yep, about yep, yep. this, like uh, the be- the most. The best-looking realistic visual-style game to me, uh, you know, it had been The Last of Us Part Two, Right. Um, that, but I, I've been playing Demon Souls, and oh, that's yeah. got some stylistic touches to it, but thanks to the new, you know, uh, graphics that are capable with... Uh, the next generation, um, just the lighting and the frame rate, basically this like this whole. I don't know. It's just really good looking. It it's is, hard, yeah. It's, you know, a, it's it's an exceedingly good looking game. And you know, it's hard. It's funny to like to say, like, for a realistic looking game, like, just how to describe it, like. What do you like about the animation of Demon Souls? Oh, it looks good. Like I can't, like it looks realistic. Uh, what does it look like? Well, it looks like real life, I guess. You know, but not really. I don't know. Right. It's a little bit of both. You know. Yeah. And uh, so, do you have a a realistic looking game to counter that? Mm-hmm. Just like. From recent memory, mm-hmm. I would probably give that to the definitive edition of Mafia. Oh sure, like that looks really good. Yeah, you know, and it utilizes a lot of um, just cinematic technique. Okay, you know, and so the yeah. visuals of it are really good, but the, and they're displayed in ways that are really appealing to the eye. Nice, and also like the world of it looks very good. The mm-hmm. uh, gameplay HUD really doesn't intrude that much you know so it just like say if you are if you set a waypoint you know Mm -hmm. for you to get to a place instead of it like being this really big thing what it does is like you'll be driving and this little thing that would pop up pointing to a direction where Mm -hmm. you should be going like in the specific place that you would see say a stop or a yield sign mm-hmm. so it just it pops up in very seamless ways and just kind of mm. keeps you going it's just very very smooth all the way through so like for nice. realism i'd give it to mafia nice and for stylizing i gotta give it to persona 5 i was thinking about that game uh like persona 5 has style in every single thing it does like all of the menu things also have style it's just and like you were saying earlier with um, in Isaac with the color coding of things, mm-hmm. every character like has like color coding going on with them. Yeah. So like with some of the side characters, like the guy who runs the uh, like the weapon shop or the lady mm. who runs the clinic, the HUD menus for their shops look yeah. different visually, and That's right. and all of the character portraits are done exceedingly well the Mm -hmm. battle animation looks good it's just the game just oozes style out of every single pore (laughs) that's right and the funny thing to me is that like the hud and the ui and any basically any illustrated portion of that game looks phenomenal and yet like the visual the graphical style of the polygons the characters like those seem to be stuck in like late PS2 era, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, and I think they would be like 
making reference to the previous entries of the series. Like after I played PS or Persona Five, mm-hmm. I uh, went into Persona Four for a little bit. Yep. Didn't get to finish it, but I uh, I just like the visual, the polygonal sections of the game are the same looking as the Persona Five. You know, right? Persona Four, like Persona Five kind of digs more into the vibrant cartoon cell shading sure. that 4 does. 4's kind of visuals are quite a bit more subdued. Mm-hmm. But yeah, outside of that, the graphical thing isn't... It's not that stark of a change. Right. Sorry. Cat. Cat, cat, cat. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I was, I was all, like... Running out of time, like I guess I'm gonna say Persona Five, <laughs> and then you <laughs> said Persona Five. It's a, it's a good choice, but like, um, I wish I could give it to something more modern or something indie or something like that. But for like just a pixelated, mm-hmm. maybe that should have been a third category. But uh, I gotta go with the style. Just the beauty of Link to the Past. It's such a good-looking game to me. It really is. Whenever I turn that game on, and uh, they have 3D graphics for all of uh, 20 seconds as the Triforce like rotates. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you see just like this, probably the coolest-looking start menu ever for me. It's up there, for um, sure. And, uh, no, it's just got some like beautiful colors and... In pixel art, yeah, for it's, sure, uh, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's it's wonderful. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything you'd like to add about animation and graphics and visual styles of video games? You know what? I think honestly, we I think we've covered it. Yeah. You know, or at least you know everything that I can think of. Right. I, neither of us are really visual artists neither of us are programmers neither but we have played a lot of video games correct we will say opinions whether they (laughs) uh, whether how much weight they have or not yeah that's right so i i appreciate you listening to this episode and Mm -hmm. i think we hope to hear you on well hope for you to hear us there you go on the next episode (laughs) i confused myself (laughs) All right. Well, until we, uh, until you guys hear from now, you've got me confused. <laughs> until you guys hear from us next time, yeah, have a good couple for weeks. Listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>